been monitoring key military sites in the country. The Trump administration has dismissed the allegations, calling them lies and propaganda. FSN's U.S. correspondent Rachel Silverman has more. According to an Iranian counterintelligence official, Iran has arrested 17 suspects and sentenced some of them to death. The Iranian official says CIA agents recruited the suspects, enticing them with promises of immigration to the U.S. and jobs and money once there. The official says the spies were trained to set up encrypted communication channels and to destroy documents if their cover was blown. President Trump says there's no truth to the allegations. This comes as tensions are increasing between Iran and the West over Tehran's nuclear program and its disruption of shipping traffic through the Strait of Hormuz. Meanwhile, the UK government has responded to Iran's decision to seize a British-flagged oil tanker in the Gulf on Friday. Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt announced a European-led maritime mission will protect shipping in the Strait of Hormuz. FSN's UK correspondent Natalie Powell reports. The UK Foreign Secretary has called Iran's seizure of the Stena Impero tanker an act of state piracy. Following growing tensions with Iran in the Gulf, security has been raised to level three. And Foreign Secretary Jeremy Hunt announced there will be a European-led maritime mission which will protect shipping in the area. Mr Hunt explained that he had been reluctant to do so and instead wanted to focus attentions on diplomacy and de-escalating tensions. However, the seizure of the oil tanker on Friday had left him with little choice. The British Foreign Secretary went further, saying that if Iran continues to escalate the situation then a larger Western military presence in the Strait of Hormuz would be needed. Ukrainian TV comedian-turned-president Vladimir Zelensky looks set to be the country's first leader since the fall of communism to command a majority in parliament. His servant of the People Party convincingly won Sunday's elections, giving Mr Zelensky an unprecedented mandate to carry out reforms. From Moscow, FSN's Harry Horton reports. After his surprise presidential victory in April, Volodymyr Zelensky now has a parliamentary majority to back his agenda. It's the best result for any party since Ukraine won independence from the Soviet Union in 1991. The result gives his Servant of the People Party the power to appoint ministers, a central bank chief, and to implement the vast reforms promised by Zelensky. Securing a peace deal with Russia to end the fighting in eastern Ukraine is another top priority. Zelensky now has a powerful mandate, but the comedian-turned-president is under pressure to deliver. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's 4 a.m. Monday. And you're literally sucking baby snot through a tube because she's congested. Man, that's love. And if you love her that much, love her enough to make sure she's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. And you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food, we've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food, because 40% of all food in the US never gets eaten. Save the food. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible-reading, gun-toting, Air Force veteran, wife and mom, righteously American. Welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm really excited about having, you know, another day to do a show. It's Monday. And we had a fantastic weekend. In fact, it was one of those weekends where I got all of the things done and I could actually sit down somewhere. So if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that we had a really, really fun kind of taco Tuesday on a Saturday party for our son who's graduated from high school and he is now... Uh, you know, getting ready. We're in the last few weeks, the final push for him to get all of his stuff together so that we can drop him off at college for freshman week. And so we did the same thing a year ago. Literally, we were, our oldest daughter was graduating from high school. And since they're 15 months apart, this is, this is the way it happens with them. One has a milestone and then the other one has a milestone. And so we it was, it was, I thought it would be more bittersweet, but maybe the emotions are just piling up deep in the recesses of my mind and heart and they will come pouring out on the day we drop him off. Or maybe it'll be like last year where I was fine until I got home and she wasn't here every day and I couldn't talk to her every day and see her all the time. Then I started breaking down. So we'll see uh, how much of, you know, basket case Stacy part two will be happening <laughs> with our son going to college. But that also means we have two in college and we'll be they'll be down at the campus and it's a ways from here. So not not exactly like, oh, I'm just going to pop over there. So that means our youngest child will be receiving all of our attention. And we've been joking with her about this, but um, I kind of feel like, you know, it's the youngest kid who gets that final brunt. They're exhausted parents who are kind of, you know. They're all in, but they're also all out, all out of energy, all out of ideas. And then the older kids leave and the youngest one is kind of sitting there like, oh, geez, these people look, they look, they look desperate. <laughs> so um, thank God I still have work and other things. I have a Bible study friends and things that, that can uh, keep my time going. But it's definitely one of those times around the house right now where we were, you know, at the end of the week, you want to clean up a little bit and just get everything looking, you know, like 
I can relax. It's the weekend. And so we did that. And then we had his party. And then on Sunday, we went to church. And then after that, we just rested up. And I also want to give an update. We have um, periodically discussed the fact that I'm trying to slim down over here. And so I lost a couple of pounds and I was so excited about it. And then I had, of course, par- party food, party weekend. And so I got on the scale this morning and I was totally disappointed. Um, I haven't lost all my, you know, I haven't gained back all of my losses, but I definitely did not go in the right direction over the weekend. And I was doing great last week, working out every day, calorie deficit every day, lots of vegetables, fruits, lots of, you know, really good clean eating. Um, but I've been following this guy, Thorinson. Uh, on Instagram. And he says, it doesn't matter what you eat. If you eat nothing but donuts all day, as long as you burn more calories than you take in, you will lose weight. And so it's not about clean foods or dirty foods or good foods or bad foods. You should eat healthy. You should definitely focus more on fruits and vegetables and drink lots of water, a gallon a day, you know, all that stuff. But he says, it's not so much that you can't have tacos or what have you. You just can't have more tacos than energy that you've expended beyond the normal amount of energy that you expend every day just being alive. Like if you laid in bed all day long for 24 hours and barely moved at all, your body would still burn a certain number of calories. So once you know what that is, you know you either have to burn more than that by expending more energy, exercising, walking, etc., or you have to eat fewer calories so that you create a deficit from what you normally burn so that your body will begin to burn fat. So It's really much more simple than I know for me what I've been making it. Um, But I thought I would give an update because now that I'm in the land of the podcast, this is more like a conversation between us where I'm enjoying getting a chance to connect with you every day. And it's it's become really it's it's habit forming. And I think I've had. um, Oh, geez. I don't know what's going on with the I, I don't see anybody in the chat room. Oh, okay, Yeah. So people are in the chat room on YouTube. I'm just checking in with these because sometimes there's no sound and then people, oh, yay. Okay, lots of people in on the Facebook page. And then, of course, I want to give you an update on one of our milestones that we're driving towards, and that is podcast numbers for us to be able to get some advertising. Because as much as I want to, I have been, you know, doing the show, not being compensated for it. Obviously, we have a great support system over on Patreon, but doing the show without the knowledge that I have a definitive amount of money that's coming in every two weeks or every so often, um, it's kind of tough. Uh, it feels it feels frightening. <laughs> so I've had a couple of panic attacks about it. And I thought to myself, okay, first of all, I'm not supposed to panic. God is able to work this out for my good. But I, I wanted to give an update on that. And that is that we are very, very close to hitting. I actually asked for the download numbers from when I was on American Family Radio. And of course, my download numbers are not the same or similar as other hosts because I have so many different avenues that the show is actually appearing on. So unlike some people who are on the radio where the only place you need to go to hear their podcast is their website or their syndicator website, I had Facebook, YouTube, um, and also Periscope, which is Twitter. And so I had numbers from there, which those numbers have stayed pretty much the same, except Periscope. We haven't been streaming there, but I'm thinking about putting it back on. And then, of course, I had the numbers of people who would go directly to AFR.net and listen to the podcast there. So I knew those numbers. I actually asked for them after the contract was terminated so I could see what my numbers were for January through the date of the the termination. And we have, I'm I'm just going to check it right now while we're sitting here on the air. Um, This morning, I was super close to hitting that number again. Um, The number 
that I had of monthly downloads at their website. Now, you might say to yourself, well, you know, why are you using that metric? Well, I have to use some metric. I have to use a metric that I can, like, that's tangible to get from here to there. And I'm just being real with you. It's it's one of those things where it's going to do, do me some good personally as a, like a boost knowing that I'm, I'm on the right track here with actually doing the show. Um, and the reason that I really want to have that number, that I want to hit that number is because it's a validation, hey, we're still doing it. So total, um, and remember we had, so we had 19, well, it, it's, it's, it's the same. So the number, we were actually surpassed week over week, that number. Um, so the number that I'm driving towards is 20,000, obviously. Um, and we've, we've hit that number. If you're going day by day, if you break that number down by day, we've already surpassed that number. Um, and the goal, obviously, for me personally, is 100,000. So I want to have 100,000 downloads a month. Um, and I don't know when we're going to hit that. But the only way we hit that is if you, first of all, the best thing to do is subscribe. We are on a ton of different um, podcast sites. You can even go to iHeartRadio and listen to the show. You can also listen on Stitcher. And if you're on iTunes or Google Play, we are also, we're on there. You can download. You can actually go to listen.stacyontheright.com and download. But you can also just, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to subscribe. That way I don't miss anything. And it goes instantly into my little podcast repository. And that's what I'm asking you to do. If you're supporting the show, or even if you're not supporting the show, let's say you're not, you, you've not donated and you're, you're watching and you're enjoying it, but you're not in a place where you want to do that. And you ask, well, what can I do besides, you know, send money to PayPal or something like that? Well, what you could do is simply subscribe on whatever your podcast medium is. Because that subscription means you're always going to get my podcast and that helps with my numbers. And that's also a kind of a validation of what I'm doing here because you know how it is on after on Mondays. Monday is the day where, I, I know for at least most people, no matter how much you love your job, Monday's the hardest day because you have to come off the weekend where you were doing whatever you wanted and actually give your time to your employer, which in this case is me. I'm my own employer. <laughs> so even though I'm giving my time to myself, technically, it's still a thing. You get up on Monday morning and you're like, what, what am I doing here? What, who am I? What am I doing? So who am I? Well, I'm righteously American, still Stacy on the right. And I'm still doing this thing um, because I can, because I want to, because I'm not going to let anybody force me out of this space. So we're super close to hitting that magic number. Um, and it's not even the end of the month. And I want to make the point because I like measurable results. Um, I love it when I can say, okay, Father, please help me with this. I pray over something and then I kind of just look and see. And God always exceeds my expectations. He always answers my prayers in the biggest, most glorious possible way. Like I've mentioned Noah Chalaya and how he's helped out with the show. And he's helped out in ways that I never would have asked someone to help in some of the ways that he's helped. And he's happy to do it and helps in those ways because I guess that's just the way God made him, which thank God for that. But I'm, it, it's just over, above, far exceedingly over anything that you would ask or think. That's the way God answers our prayers. So that leads me into um, a little bit of today's show. Today we're going to talk about two Democrats in the grocery store fighting over race when um, the story is really not about racism, but the black lady who's in the story, she made it about racism. We're going to talk about that. Um, but first, I want to get to Bible verses about equality. So 
Why am I telling you about Bible verses about equality? Well, because if we don't get some sanity on this, it'll be all that we discuss. And I try my best here on the show and in my regular life not to allow the discussion of race to be the only thing that dominates every part of my conversation. And if you pay attention to what the Democrats tell you about yourself and about who you are, and you're supposed to be constantly staring at your own skin, and if you're white, you're supposed to be hating it, and if you're black, you're supposed to be so ashamed and sad that you're black, and knowing that some white boogeyman in the sky is always going to be there controlling you like a puppet master and making your life just totally horrible, when in reality, there is someone who can help you with your life and make it just amazing and fill it with joy and regardless of your circumstances make you joyful and make you a blessing to others but it's not some magical invisible white guy it's God (laughs) so I would much rather attribute the successes and rely on and lean on God to help me through the failures and the tough parts than just sit around blaming some white guy who's obviously out to get me and just He's just so all-encompassing and so all-powerful. I mean, that is so ridiculous just to even say it, but that's what this story is about. So first, I'll give you a couple of scriptures, and you can find all of this at listen.stacyontheright.com. On the show notes, these scriptures will be in there too. Um, Deuteronomy 10, 17 says, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. So you can't say to God, if you would just make white people nicer to me, then I'll never, ever not get up in the morning and not pray to you. That God doesn't work like that. And he shows no partiality, which means he's not more in love with white people than he is with black people. He, he, that's just not in him. It's impossible. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. So if God destroyed the dividing wall of hostility, that means that there is no Jew or Greek or bond or free. There's no, you know, you're so special because you're tall or you're so special because you wear a size two in clothing or you're so special because you have those cute little ears that look like elf ears. Whatever you got, God made you that way and you do not have the right to lord it over anyone nor do you have the right to make anyone else feel bad for the way that God made them. So there is no hostility in Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, which means we're to think the best of each other, even when our flesh and our mind and even the circumstances say, this person is not treating you correctly. And, and let's, let's be real here. I want to always be as real as possible without like, you know, totally uh, driving you into the, the weeds. I have felt over the weekend a couple of different times that I'm showing, I'm basically turning the other cheek and what I'm getting for it is additional smacks. And when those thoughts occurred to me, I felt so defeated. And then I remembered, God is the avenger. He says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. So I don't take my vengeance out on people and I don't pay them back evil for evil. I try to return good for evil as best as I can as a human being and leave the rest to God, which means every time someone is rude to you in the line, Every time a checkout person seems like she's slow to help you when she was so fast to help everybody else. Anytime someone tells you you have 20 items in the 10 item checkout line and someone says, get out of this line, you have too many items. That's not racism. That's that person. They're, they're being direct with you. They're being honest. 
And if you don't like what they've said, it's not racism, which brings us to the story for today. So there's a few more of these and I'll put them all in the show notes for today. If you want to go in and meditate on them and be blessed. I, I This is not an area where I struggle anymore in my 20s. I thought everything anybody did, if they weren't, if they were not the same skin tone as me, if they did anything to me that I didn't like, I thought it was racism. I was also a Democrat back then. And when I realized, I had someone tell me, maybe that checkout person is just having a crappy life. And I was like, what? It hadn't even occurred to me. Okay, I hear the music. After this, we'll get into the story about these two Democrats fighting in the grocery store. You're going to want to hear this. Stay right there. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me. But I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. Cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Show the world that you're tougher than tough. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba. Please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless, dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative. And that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. 
Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. All right, hey, welcome back to the show. Stacy Washington, host of Stacy on the Right, here on. <laughs> you know what I was about to say, but I'm going to say here on StacyOnTheRight.com. <laughs> so, um, her habits die hard. Um, so, the story that I've been kind of teasing uh, so far during the show is this woman. She's an elected official. She's got uh, just a really her her whole thing is race, 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 race all day, all you know, every minute of every second. It's race, 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 and she is. She's she's in rare form here. So she goes to the grocery store. She's got her child with her. She's pregnant. She's black. She actually, as she's going through and shopping, she has a small number of items, but more than what you can use or have in your basket in the express lane. And haven't we all been there where you're walking up to the express lane, all the other lines are super long. You look down and your cart has what looks to be, a, generally speaking, around the number of items. But if you go through and count, you're at 23. Or maybe you're at 30. They're small things, but whatever. You do not have the correct number because sometimes the express lane is 15. Sometimes it's 10. It depends on what grocery store you're in. Sometimes the express lane is 20. So she's in the line and apparently the number, whatever the number in the express line is, she does not have the correct number. She has more than that. So a little, the guy looks to be white. Okay, so I'm going by what he looks like, but it turns out he's actually Cuban He's actually shorter than she is, which is interesting. And he's he's a, he's a he's he's a smaller person. He's he's walking up, and uh, she's a Georgia state lawmaker. So if if you're wondering where this happened, she's a Georgia Democrat, um, and she's her name's Rep- Representative Erica Thomas, and she was trending on Twitter over the weekend, which I'm happy to say I did not see. I literally forgot my phone at home when we went to church, and then we came straight home, and I made I, I like made brunch and then we ate and my phone was just kind of it was nearby but I, I didn't even go to Twitter on Sunday um, and I consider that to be a victory for me this weekend because that meant I wasn't because when you go on tr- Twitter you get triggered you you do and I'm not easily triggered but you get on there and you see all the people fighting and it just raises your blood pressure up and I'm glad I wasn't on there lucky for me the story still has legs because apparently what she told the the everyone that has interviewed her she told them that this man said go back where you came from now the guy who is accused of saying this racist thing to her and I'm going I'm telling you as it's been reported I go back to where you came from is not actually racist we'll get into that he said his name is Eric Sparks now he says he, he didn't racially insult her he called her female dog you know he said that so here's what happens she's in the line and he comes up and he says, um, you know, well, first, first off, <laughs> she tells the story on Facebook. She's wearing a pink top with the white letter, letters and block that says, I support Planned Parenthood over her. And the pink top is stretched over her. She's heavily pregnant at this point. Like she's not, she's not pregnant where you, you don't, you're not sure she's pregnant. You know, she's pregnant. So she blames white privilege and said that, Things in our country are getting out of control and blames it on Donald Trump because she's in the 15 item or less line and she has more than 15 items. And she says this man who has so much hate in his heart 
and refused to understand that she's pregnant and can't stand for very long, told her to go back where she came from. Now, Eric Spark, Sparks, he, he's the one accused of saying this to her. He says he shows up at the grocery store and there she is. And he said he called her the B word when she responded negatively back to him when he said, You're, you have too many items. You need to go in another line. And she said, you know, yada, yada, yada. She got crazy with him. Just just went off. She just lost her. She lost all her stuffing. And then he said he called her a name after that. I mean, he strung a couple of expletives together, but none of them were racial. So then also it turns out that oh, while he looks like he's a white guy, he's actually Cuban. So he's not a white guy. Now, does this matter to me and to you? Probably not. But the reason it matters in this story is because she has basically said this guy is a white supremacist Trump supporter. When it turns out, not only is he not white, he's Cuban. Not only is he not a Trump supporter, he's a Democrat and has been all his whole life. And he says he'll vote Democrat till the day he dies. He says he's a Cuban Democrat. He says earlier in the week, he was defending the so-called squad on Facebook and on Twitter. He hates Donald Trump. So he's yelling at her and she's yelling at him. And then, of course, the news picks up the story because she did this this Periscope live stream. And then that got picked up by the news outlets because it was on Twitter. And then that story went viral. And then the news went to the grocery store and tried to interview the people that work there. And they were like, this isn't our fault. We were just checking people out. This store has nothing to do with this story other than it's the location of where the story occurred. So then while they're there, She's there. They, they actually did a stand-up where you put the cameras up and you're interviewing somebody outside. So the backdrop is the store where the event occurred. She's telling the story and who should be off in the parking lot off to the side? But the guy, Sparks, the one she accused of racism. So he shows up. He comes over to the camera and they get into it again on camera. And then later she walks it back and says, well, maybe he didn't say, go back to where I came from. But he was still racist because he didn't own up to the altercation because I'm obviously pregnant and he should never have told me to get out of the line. Yes, if your face is like, what the what? Your face is right. What is happening in America today? So first of all, we need to we need to debunk a couple of things here. And I don't want to miss anything, but I'm not going to belabor the point. It is not racist to say to somebody, go back to where you came from. It's just your, it's a personal opinion. If I say to somebody that is doing something that I don't like, you need to go back to where you came from. That could mean to their car. It could mean back to their job. It could mean back to their home of residence, like their house. It could mean if they're freshly moved into Missouri and they came from California and they're trying to bring some old liberal garbage ideas in here and mess this place up the way they've messed up California. It could mean go back to California. Go back to where you came from is really, it means you come from somewhere that sucks. Go back there. Take your garbage back to wherever you come from. That's what that means. Now, the fact that people, because only a smack dog yelps. Y'all know my family comes from the South, and that is straight up from the South. Only a smack dog yelps. So you are not going to be all reared up and upset about somebody telling you to go back to where you came from unless you think the place where you came from sucks. And you know it does. You know the place where you came from sucks if you're bringing a whole bunch of garbage to the new place. You basically have taken the garbage from the old place and you're running away from it, but you drug some with you and now you're trying to deposit it at the new place, which is nicer. And the people who are at the new place are like, "Don't, don't dump your stuff here. We don't want your trash here. You leave your trash at the old place and you come here clean and ready to live like us. 
What's wrong with that? Have you ever had someone bring trash over to your house? No. And if someone showed up at your door with trash, you would say, what are you doing? You can't dump trash here. In fact, dumping your trash in any other place but a trash receptacle that you are paying to have emptied is is a crime. It is punishable. Usually municipalities fine you for doing that. They won't put you in jail unless you are a serial repetitive offender and you dump often or you dump something that's hazardous. Um, But it, it is a universal concept. If you are running away from something, you do not bring that thing that you're running away from to the new thing that you're running to because then you will ruin that new thing. So it's not racist to say go back to where you came from. And the people who were saying at the uh, rally last week, whenever President Trump was in North Carolina and the North Carolinians were saying, you know, send her back, send her back. They were talking about deportation and I explained it. And you can look on the Facebook page where I posted a, a in-depth article from the Powerline blog that covers all of her crimes. And if you are in the country as an immigrant, lawful immigrants are not guaranteed to live here for the rest of their lives. If you commit a felony, once you have been convicted and served your time or whatever your sentence is, made restitution, in other words, you're subject to deportation. Now, a judge can pardon you and remove the deportation order, but you are subject to deportation. So the the thing that those people were chanting, as much as people might not like to hear it or it may be offensive to hear, it is actually the way the law works in this country. So... I mean, and and again, she hasn't been convicted of anything. So I'm not talking about deporting people who haven't been convicted. But if someone is here in this country and they're an immigrant and then they've, you know, committed a crime, then they can be deported. That That's that's just really all it is. That, that's all that chanting was about. Um, and you can blame it on President Trump or not. It's not like he's going to stop tweeting. And so the, the big idea here is not to try to make someone have a behavior you know they're not going to have. You accept things as they are and you see the lay of the land as it is. He's the president. He has a Twitter account. He's going to keep tweeting. That's it. So if you don't like the tweets, but you like the policies, like a news story out today about the deregulation the Trump administration has been administering, we're talking about 13 regulations stricken for every new regulation that's been enacted. That kind of deregulation is, it's it's the, uh, it's, the feature, it's one of the features of his presidency. And it's also more important than that is something that benefits Americans wherever you are, wherever there are fewer regulations, there tends to follow a pattern of more freedom, more businesses are being open, more opportunities abound for people who want to do fantastic things. It makes you more free. And how can you be against that? All right, so... I have this list from Cheryl Atkinson, 81 media mistakes in the Trump era. Now, obviously, I'm not going to read them all to you. She starts off in August of 2016, and she goes month by month. Um, I want to skip over a lot of these we've gone over on the show, and you can also find all the old episodes um, from, so three years worth of episodes are on listen.stacyontheright.com. And then if you want to hear like old vintage Stacy on the Right, you can actually go over to SoundCloud. Um, I believe I believe there's a ton of my podcast from when I was on 97.1 FM News Talk over there um, if you want to listen to those. But I mean, it's old news, so I'm not sure why you would. Um, so she goes through month by month by month and she lists them all. And these are media mistakes. So I'm going to give you a, pl- a splattering of them. And then I, the reason why I'm giving them to you is because I want you to think about this from the perspective of if the president doesn't tweet, do do, do the media people stop calling him a racist? 
Do they start treating him fairly? Will they cover him fairly? If he didn't tweet, would they do long-form interviews with him and ask him questions about his actual policies, ask him about things that are going on in the world and let him expound upon that? Or would they just focus on what they consider to be his mistakes or things that people have said he's done, like these false accusations that have been leveled against him? Just put that in the, you know, put a pin in that. We'll, we'll circle back around. So 54 is June 28th of 2018. After a newsroom shooting, a newspaper reporter falsely tweeted that the shooter dropped his Trump Make America Great Again hat on the newsroom floor before opening fire. Shooter, here's Connor Berry. Shooter who killed four people at Annapolis newspaper dropped his MAGA hat on the newsroom floor before opening fire. Then he has a picture of a MAGA hat. Well, that didn't happen. So he tweeted it out, had just massive tweets retweets responses he didn't correct himself that's a media mistake do you think he would not do that if the president stopped tweeting if the president said i'm shutting down my twitter account or i'm giving it over to one of my interns and they're only going to tweet policy achievements the same stuff you find at whitehouse.gov do you think the 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 media wouldn't still lie about him like this let's 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 do a few more um so here we are September 14th, 2018, the New York Times had to issue a major correction to an original unfair article about U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley. They put out an editor's note, September 15th, 2018, an article on Friday about the State Department spending on curtains for the official residence of the Ambassador to the United Nations created an unfair impression about who was responsible for the purchase in question. While Nikki R. Haley is the current ambassador to the U.N., the decision on leasing the ambassador's residence and purchasing the curtains was made during the Obama administration. According to current and former officials, this article should not have focused on Ms. Haley, nor should a picture of her have been used. Huge mistake. Now, what do people remember? Nikki Haley spent tons of money on the ambassador's residence and curtains. They don't remember this correction. This is a huge mistake that they made, and they made it because they hate Donald Trump, and they hate Republicans, and they hate the Trump administration. Now, before I go on to, because I just I have a couple selected here for you. I have a couple more. I want to point out that it's not like they started calling Donald Trump a racist because he's a Republican, like this is a new phenomenon. George Bush was simultaneously a racist and a chimpanzee. Remember that? They used to compare him to a chimpanzee. They also used to say he was a big, huge racist and he hated not just blacks, but Hispanics, even though he has Mexican citizens in his family because Jeb Bush is married to a Mexican woman. She's an American citizen now. And he speaks fluent Spanish. And he was so lax on the border, like George Bush was as bad as a Democrat on the border. He just let it wide open. Just come on in. He barely deported anybody. But he was a racist. So was Ronald Reagan. He was a racist. Uh, Every single Republican president has been a racist ever since Nixon. He was the first racist. And all the rest have been racist as well. And, and every candidate, even the black ones, they were racist too. Herman Cain was racist. Uh, Alan Keyes, racist. Those two guys are black. They were racist. So are, are we saying that if, if only President Trump would stop tweeting, then the Republicans wouldn't be racist anymore? If you're saying that, you're not paying attention to what's going on. On the flow chart of is that racist, if you're a Republican, every other option below that side of the flow chart is, yes, he's a racist. There, there is no other alternative. Is it a woman? Still a racist. Are you black? You hate yourself. You're still a racist. You hate other black people. You're working on behalf of the oppressors who are the Republicans. You're a racist. 
Now, why are we only talking about that when racism isn't stopping Americans from owning homes anymore or buying cars or opening businesses or more importantly, operating freely within the marketplace? Because let's face it, we know that racists are still out there because liars and cheats and everybody else are still out there. Sin still exists in the world and people are making mistakes on a 24-7, you know, 100% fully operational battle station type basis. So as long as human beings exist, there will be murderers, cheats, liars, thugs, and racists. So since we know they're still there, the question is, does racism materially impact the lives of those who are its targets? Well, in the moment, sure, you realize you've been treated badly. But on the long-term basis, absolutely not. Racism cannot stop you. All right, we get back. We'll have more. Stay there. It's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pull me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Okay, kids, dad's gonna teach you how to dance. First, spread your feet apart. Then, a pump your knee, a nod your head, shake your hips, and bite your lip ever so slightly. Now, with one hand in the air, point at people with the other hand. I call that the rock star. Dance like a dad. It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Now, make a face like it just smells something bad. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, and, of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive, and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will come in with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that! Oh, come on! <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Some knowledge belongs to us and us alone. The way our girlfriends walk, talk, touch their hair. Details that only a sister can know about her girls. But what about our other girls? The ones we carry with us every day. Our bond with our sister girls gives life, but knowing your breasts can save it. You don't know 
Go to knowyourgirls.org for the facts you need on breast health. Brought to you by Susan G. Coleman and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. Welcome back to the program. Stacey Washington here. You can find out more at StaceyOnTheRight.com, at StaceyOnTheRight on Twitter and Instagram, and listen.StaceyOnTheRight.com for all of the podcast beautiousness that there is for you to experience. Okay. Um, hmm. Okay, so a couple things. I have a piece of audio for you that I want to I get to. Um, I also want to run through a list of these Republicans who have just, they've just not been good. Okay. They've not been good. Um, they've not done what they were supposed to do. I'm going to get to that. But first, I want to wrap up what we were saying. Um, I was giving you this list, and there's so many on here, like NBC News issues correction for misidentifying Trump's Civil War reference. Trump becomes the first president since 2002 not to visit the troops at Christmas time. They had to correct that. Um, they, they had to issue corrections about former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort. Um, the Washington Post had to update a story saying Native American activist Nathan Phillips never fought in the Vietnam War. Uh, just on and on and on. And I'll put this list in the um, in the show notes so you can check it out. It's definitive. It's by Cheryl Atkinson. And uh, we just love her. She's, she's fantastic. And so the reason for me sharing this with you is, to, look, I've got nothing against people being in opposition to President Trump, his policies, the Trump administration. Republicans. I do think that the fact that the opposition is so thin and it's based solely upon emotional, uh, emotional rhetoric and um, physical attributes. And that is what makes it so hard for these people to just go ahead and admit that Donald Trump's not a racist, because if they give that up, they lose all of their marketing prowess for 2020. And since they were able to use it a little bit in 2018, they want to, they want to keep that. The race card for them, it never gets dull, it never gets old, it never gets crusty or, or yucky looking. The race card for them is always their sharpest tool in the toolkit. And they've now co-opted millions of white people into thinking that their default position, I saw a friend of mine on Facebook, um, I saw that she'd moved and I didn't realize that they'd moved because they we used to live near to them, then we moved and now they've moved back into the city. And so... I'm watching, I'm, I'm on her Facebook page and I'm scrolling through. And part of me was thinking, geez, I never interact with her anymore. I wonder why we're still friends on Facebook, but whatever. So I'm scrolling through and I noticed she's got one of these dear white people posts. She's like, dear white people, she's white. Um, and, and it's basically a, a announcement, a virtue signal to everybody else that she's so much more woke than other white people. And she's like, well, you know, white people, we have to do better than this. That's how the post started off. And I skimmed down. I can't remember what racial issue it was about, but it was stupid. Um, and really demeaning considering who this woman is, her education level, her accomplishments, for her to be down-talking other white people on behalf of black people as a black surrogate on race to show she's woke. And I just was thinking to myself, that this is, this is what the Democrats have done. Not only do we have blacks in America running around like idiots acting as if race is the only thing that matters, but now you have white people who feel compelled to do so as well. So, you know, there it is. Um, so we're going to get to our audio piece in just a second here, but I want to give you this rundown and it's from Ann over at Steel Truth. And she's talking about the 115th and 116th Congress here. 
And she says these there are eight Republicans in those Congresses that have the worst record for voting uh, with the Democrats. It's Fitzpatrick from Pennsylvania, Heard from Texas, which I was not I was not excited to see Will Heard get elected to Congress because I knew he was just a, a flaming rhino and he's turned out to be he if if you thought he was going to be a dyed in the wool Republican or even someone who knew what the platform said you're disappointed but if you were like me and you were you had your cynic face on and you just couldn't even believe he got elected well he has not disappointed me that man he does not know a Republican party policy from like a, an anthill and you know up next to your window in the kitchen so it's Fitzpatrick, Pennsylvania, Heard, Texas, Catco, New York, Smith from New Jersey, Stefanik from New York, Upton from Michigan, Herrera, Butler from Washington State, and Massey from Kentucky. 122 ha- total House Republicans vote with President Trump between 97 and 100% of the time. 59 total House Republicans vote with President Trump between 90 and 96% of the time. 10 total House Republicans vote with President Trump 80 to 89% of the time. They, they deserve wrist slaps. And I mean wrist slaps, hard wrist slaps, not little ones. And then the remaining eight House Republicans with the worst records vote with President Trump between 32 and 72% of the time. Now, three House Democrats are tied for the highest score in voting with Republicans at 15%. And AOC is one of them. A significant number of Republicans labeled as Rhino have scores of 90 to 100%. But they're all talk and no action. They talk against Republican Party policies so they can get on CNN. But then when it's time to vote, they get in line and they pull the lever. And I can I can tell you if I had to pick between one or the other, a person who talked a good game or a person who voted properly, I would pick the person who voted properly every single time. But it is a character defect and a flaw of, of, you know, of, of epic proportions when a person wants to be liked and felt as a part of the group so badly that they'll say almost anything to get there. And it's not that I like being out on the outside. In fact, you guys know that I don't. It was one of my chief complaints about the whole AFR thing is that I felt like I'd been put out of the family, just kicked out unceremoniously without even so much as a reason. But that is different than saying, well, I'm, I don't believe in, you know, I, or I believe in the wall. But I'm going to go on CNN and say I don't believe in the wall because that makes me popular with CNN and I need to be popular on CNN. Or I'm going to say that President Trump is a racist, but I'm going to vote with him on the issues. But I'm going to say he's a racist because that makes me popular with this segment of voters. That's the kind of stuff I can't stand. It's stinky and and idiotic, to be quite honest. Um, So you can track voting records at cspan.org Congress votes. So you can... Just type that in c-span.org slash congress slash votes. Um, that's a good source for voting records. You can go to govtrack.us. That's the Congressional Votes Database. You can find out more there. Um, and you you might not be as deeply into this as, you know, to go to those websites, but it is helpful to have them. And let's say you're not looking for every single member of Congress. Maybe you're just looking for your own. Maybe you're doing your cheat sheet for 2020 for your members who are up in 2020 and you need to know if you're going to vote for them. And I I just caution you. I just, you know, I say to you as a thinking person, if you're listening to this show, I consider you to be a thinking person. You actually have the ability to sweep in Republicans who are totally rhino and will not vote for you. They will not protect you. They will not do what they've campaigned and promised you they'll do. They'll take your checks, they'll take your votes, but they won't give you anything in return. 
You can sweep them in in 2020 because the downdraft from from President Trump's coattails, provided he wins, and even in some states where he may not be the top top ballot getter, but Republicans turn out to vote for him. It means that some people will be swept back into office or swept into office based solely upon the fact that people are like, I'm voting a straight Republican ticket. And I, I don't I don't blame you. When you look at what the Democrats are doing, voting a straight Republican ticket seems like a logical, fun thing to do. It seems like the thing you can do. It's your strongest pushback, you know, and I get that. But if we just all took the time to check out the voting records of those who are in our state and, I'm, you know, we're we have listeners all over the country. We even have people listening from, um, you know, Switzerland and places like that. And I know that because they email me and I listen to you and I, you know, they start the greeting off in French. We have people listening in France and England and Canada. And, you know, obviously this doesn't apply to you. But if you're in the United States and you're going to be voting in 2020 and you really you have to you have to vote. OK, you want to know if you're going to reelect or send back to Congress a person who has been voting against the president's agenda. That person does not deserve to return. There's no good reason for it. I don't care how unpopular they feel. It should be a badge of honor to know you're over the target in Congress and that you're getting you're taking fire because you stand on the platform that sent you there. If Republican voters sent you to Washington, D.C., and you're not taking flack from Democrats, then that means you're too friendly with them. You're spending too much time with them in the cloakroom. You're spending too much time with them at happy hour and cocktail parties. You're rubbing too many elbows with them. They think you're one of them. You talk like them. You sound like them. And even if you don't really vote like them 100 percent of the time, you're not you're not good to us. You, you're no good to us in Congress if you are so weak and lily livered that you can't stand on the platform that sent you. And that has to be our position as voters. So you go to these websites. I'll give it to you one more time. Um, it was govtrack.us. Yeah, govtrack.us is one of them. And then the other one is c-span.org. And you can click through just if you're typing it in c-span.org slash Congress Congress slash votes. <laughs> if I can talk. Um, And then you can check out your Congress critter. Check them out. See how they're voting. And then you can give them a fair warning. You can say, look, you know, thinking about not voting for you because you're not voting with the president. You might get a form letter back. And if you do, you just cross their name off. You're not voting for them. Um, And I want to, I want to take the house back. It's just, just, I want to take it back worse than almost everybody else. But I don't want to take it back with a bunch of rhinos who are going to vote with the Democrats whenever they can. We need fewer of those than we have right now. Okay, uh, so now we're going to go to cut one. Guys, this is so cool because we have we have this computer in here, thanks to Noah Chalaya, that is actually a sound computer where I can just like hit audio, just like right now. Listen to this. When he questioned, and let's say there's a there's a long record here. When he questioned whether or not Barack Obama was an American citizen, when he said the people in his announcement that the Mexico is sending this country are not their best, they're rapists, they're drug dealers, and some are good people. When he called for a total and complete shutdown of the Muslim ban, something I know you were very involved in. That's not protecting the American people. That is playing the race card. 
I couldn't disagree more. I mean, let's take, for example, the issue of the recent indictment we saw of 22 MS-13 gang members well, we're not in California. We're not talking about hardened well, criminals. Well, but, but All right, let's talk about the Obama and the birther. You, you don't think that uh, questioning whether or not the president of the United States, the first black they, president, they is an American, you don't think that there's they a race quality about, to that? They raised questions about John McCain's circumstances of birth. They raised they were questions not, no, about... No, there were never raised questions about yeah, John McCain. It was a question been, about whether he was born yeah, in the Panama about, Canal or not. There was never a race about, question about John McCain. I fundamentally disagree with the view that if you criticize somebody and they happen to be a different color skin, that that makes it a racial criticism. So that was Stephen Miller, okay? So you, you know Stephen Miller is the immigration hawk and advisor to the president, and he's talking to Chris Wallace. And Chris Wallace has dug up all these audio clips of the president, and I didn't, I didn't include that. All these audio clips of the president saying things about Mexican, uh, the nation state of Mexico sending their worst people, criminals. Some of them are good people, but a lot of them are criminals. And I've been down the line with you on this show. I'm not going to get that sheet back out and talk about the 1,800 kidnappings and the rapes and all that stuff that, you know, happened in the fiscal year of 2017, 122,000 crimes committed by illegal aliens. I'm not going to do that. What I will do is I'll say we're, we're, getting, we're getting way off the reservation here. We, we have to have a plan of attack and a way of discussing these things. And the first point I want to make is as a private citizen before he was ever campaigning for the presidency Donald Trump was under the impression that there was something wrong with Barack Obama's birth certificate now I didn't hold that same view if you guys have ever listened to the show for any length of time you know I was not one of those people who was questioning Uh, I I did cover the story about the birth certificate about the supposed uh, doctoring of it and etc etc but I felt it was more beneficial for us to fight him on the issues because he was moving the country to the left on homosexual marriage, the redefinition of marriage into, you know, what it is now and and other issues. I thought that there were things he was, we just should have basically said, we're going to pick these three targets and we're going to keep hitting them until we win, as opposed to getting distracted and talking about his birth certificate. Because he was already elected the president of the United States um, and the Republicans were so afraid of being called racist that they wouldn't even, you know, they wouldn't even do things that needed to be done on oversight that were legitimate. So the birth certificate was so far out of the pale. But why does that even matter anymore? Barack Obama served two terms as the president of the United States, and now he still has Secret Service protection for him and his entire family. He is a former president of the United States with all of the things that come along with that. Why are we still talking about that, Chris Wallace? Y'all, y'all know I, I, like, I like Chris Wallace. I do. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I interviewed him as a guest host of Almond in the Morning here on local radio, local morning show. If I'm not mistaken, and he said he liked me. He said he liked the, my questions. He thought I was a good interviewer. Anyway, I digress. This conversation is exhibit A of how ridiculous everything's gotten surrounding race in this country. We got to do better. All right. God bless you guys. I'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>